Welcome to the Bloody Broad Pod. We're your Bloody Broads. I'm Bob Sharma. And I'm Jamie Howard. We are your horror guides from page to screen and everything in between. And this week, Bobna, what are we talking about? Well, we're continuing our fun in the sun month uh, in this hopefully not so cold March. Uh, if it's as cold as it is, it is in January, which it currently is. And we're doing Fantasy Island, the 2020 version, not the show from the 70s. Let's see what Blumhouse has to offer. Yeah, and not the show that recently apparently got rebooted as well, because that also popped up when I searched for this. Same. I had no idea. I was like, what the hell? And the biggest star they could get on it was Bellamy Young. Right. Like no shade to everybody involved or no. Bellamy Young for that matter. No, no, no. I Bellamy Young really is like great. Her. Yeah. It's just, I, I was doing like, I literally kept searching and I was like, no, that's not what I mean. No, that's not what I mean. Cause you know, the TV kept trying to pull up the old 70 show and I was like, it's very mm. nostalgic, but no, but yeah, I, this, this movie. <laughs> Initial thoughts, we'll start. It wasn't horrible. No. It was all right. It was fine. Yeah. Um, There were a lot of moments where I felt like, I was like, okay, you know, here's the twist that's going to make it, like, here's where it gets meaty. Like, here's where it's like, here's the twist. Here's the twist. Because there were three moments where I was like, (laughs) all right, this is it. This is the big twist. But it just kept having twists with the people that come to the island to have their fantasy indulged. Yeah. Um, and all of their fantasies are, fantasies are so different that when the twist actually does come about, you're like, what? Some of these fantasies, I was confused. <laughs> I was like, no offense to anyone who's served or, you know, who has family that's served. Like, I come from a military family. There is not a single person I know who's been in the military who's like yeah it's my ultimate fantasy to be a soldier and go back into war (laughs) not a single veteran I know is like that and that's just me and the people I know but when when he said oh yeah my fantasy was to be a soldier I literally paused the movie and said huh (laughs) Like, when why? He, well, you see, you see, there was like a point a little earlier on. This was a point I was gonna bring up later, but this is a perfect opening for it. But like there's a point earlier on when one of the characters was just like, Oh, are you racist? Like you've got the you've got the racist haircut. And I was just, and that's the, the guy, soldier boy. I'm just calling him soldier boy. I think it seems like Patrick or something. <laughs> you. <laughs> um but uh he he has like that, like he has the cop cut. <laughs> Like, there's no better way to put it. It's a fucking cop cut. It's like a modified high and tight that you get in the army. Yeah, um, and and it's like, but you could tell he was also that type that was raised to be super fucking polite. But like, it's that like, that that politeness that's, at, that's supposed to act like a mask to his horribleness. Not that this character ends up being horrible, but it's like, I don't blame, was it Jimmy Yang's or Jimmy O. Yang? Um, yeah his character um he was just like you've got a fucking racist haircut I'm like he does you you do have a racist haircut yeah I don't want to get I say this every episode y'all too far ahead um not that we've ever gone in any sort of order but chaos reigns always we worship Loki at this podcast we do Um, and to quote him nothing is of consequence nothing matters 
<laughs> Nihilistic Loki. Um, I just want more adaptations, horror adaptations of 70s TV shows. I, I just love the 70s in general, like as a concept, not, I don't think they were like peak society or anything like that, but I would love a horror Brady Bunch. I would be fucking amazing. Right? Like someone is going to tweet at us and be like, that's just called us or whatever. Like, I'm sure... I'm sure somebody has a smart retort for that, but I also would love a horrors three company threes company. Like, I feel like that's already set up perfectly for that. Perfectly. And then I would love Uh, to see like a horror adaptation of get smart. (laughs) Yeah. Whenever I say I like get smart, everyone's like, Oh, and I'm like, okay, yes. The movie too. But also. But also. Uh, Also not 70s I think it was before that actually I know it was before that but the love boat I just oh think a horror version yes. of the love boat right like <laughs> I mean that's also vaguely like what's the new movie coming out that's based on a Agatha Christie oh death on the Nile death on the Nile I almost said murder on the Nile so close enough I mean I feel like that's pretty much it but but there are so many cute little like winks and nods to the original series in this movie that's one thing it does really well Mm -hmm. number one winks and nods to the original tv show and number two honestly just like stunt work like fight choreography was giving we love that we love some fight choreography and there was tons unexpectedly oh i know the only thing is did you like the opening scene did you like that they showed that first um Yes and no. Um, I liked that it kind of set up like being like suspicious of everything from mm, the get, yeah. like once we meet everybody. Because if had we just met everybody, no one seemed suspicious. You know, none of them really seemed um like like, you know, oh, they just seemed like people that were coming to get coming on like a one like a resort weekend to fulfill their fantasies or whatever the fuck they were fed. <laughs> um <laughs> they didn't really seem like people that could be up to no good or like there was nothing like really sinister about that opening it was very like oh my god they've arrived on the island like you know cocktail hour whatever when she said boss the plane I lost it I lost it (laughs) it's just like okay I see you I see you bone house (laughs) yeah but so but also I didn't because then it was like the the tone didn't catch up until like more than halfway through the movie Yes. Okay. This is my beef with it. And this is why I wanted to ask your opinion. I was like, all right, am I being too harsh? Cause this movie was kind of mid, you know? So they, they do what every good film does, which is mice and scene and drop us right into the action. And we see, you know, who we come to find out is a bully of another one of the characters from childhood being chased through the jungle and then into the office of the hotel that's on the island. And she, you know, calls, calls the cops and it's like, Oh my God, help me. But they know her name. And it's literally just the guy that owns the island. <laughs> Mr. Rourke. And we watch her. Yeah. Which he plays creepy so well. Michael Pena. Yeah. Yeah. What? I mean, he's in so much. I feel like he's been oh, yeah. in like 14 I'm things in the last three years. Pretty sure it was him and Ant-Man that uh, had that really yes. like Edgar Wright-Ian monologue. 
Yeah. Oh, th- very Edgar Wright. Yeah, that's so funny. That that's like uh, the thing that Adam McKay left in. <laughs> oh God, yeah. <laughs> um, whew, a whole other podcast episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the only person, I mean, from the get go, I was like, oh no, this is going to be super polished because we see this action scene and then you immediately drop into meeting the main characters and then we don't get any more of that action for like almost 40 minutes of an almost two hour long movie yeah then it's all like character development and introduction and blah 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 but you you only get like sort not just like get surface deep with these people just to find out who they are essentially their fantasies get introduced so like you have maggie q her character then you've got who's like who her regret was apparently you know not getting married and having a kid um you've again uh, whose fantasy (laughs) right this is you're offered to live out your wildest fantasy and you're like oh I want to say yes at an engagement dinner huh I'm over here like (laughs) thinking a bazillion other things well it's like Mr. Rourke says he goes usually it's just sex stuff (laughs) yeah okay well I wasn't going to take it there but yes (laughs) um not then you have not on the free version of the pod you guys no 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 let us know if you want bloody broads after dark um <laughs> oh, okay. i'm sure something could be arranged but <laughs> now that i've killed jamie um <laughs> i had to get up and like take a lap and turn the fan yeah. on in my office okay <laughs> we're back and we're back, we're back. <laughs> yeah then there's a pair of brothers uh, Jimmy O. Yang, and I forgot the other actor's name, but like he sounds like a Paul F. Tompkins type, like his voice. Like if you just close your eyes, he kind of sounds like Paul F. Tompkins. He's like if Paul F. Tompkins and Dirks from. Um... Actually, I don't know if he's the same guy from My Love You Man, but he's the urinal cake guy from My Love You Man. Anyone that's seen that, that's a very obscure reference right yes. there. But he's the one that's, that's like, my face is on like a million it. urinal cakes all over California. Um, anyway. <laughs> their stepbrothers um hence like hence, they're the ones that actually said the racist line um but their stepbrothers and whatever and their fantasy was to basically just have like a giant fucking pool party that rich people have it just looks like the pool party in like every teen movie uh, yeah except adults and much. 10 times yeah. for hot boxing <laughs> oh first of all the fact that jimmy yang is like He's like, don't worry, little bro. I told him you're gay. And he's like, do you think that this is the only layer to me when it's these two hot I've got guys layers. outside of the tent? Yeah. And then when they pull it back and it's a it's a hot boxing tent and he goes, two, I have two layers. I have never related <laughs> to a character more than he's like, all right. And it's like these two, you know, Greek God looking guys that are carrying him into the tent. And I was like, yeah. listen, this man knows what he wants. It's simple, but he knows what he wants. You know what? He's what he's about. He knows it. He goes after it. He gets it. And they're two very simple requests. <laughs> um, oh so they that's them. And then, yeah, soldier boy. And then uh, you find out that main um, girl, woman, Lucy Hale's character, her thing was revenge on her bully, her childhood bully. Which also you know, the show. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've just remembered what show I was trying to think of. Workaholics. It's one of my favorite shows. <laughs> and my mind was like, you're gonna say overworkers or slackers. And I'm like, nope, it's not what I want to say. 
Anyways, yes. Yeah, so Lucy Hill's character, who seeing her hop out of the plane, I was like, oh, you look very different. Because she's blonde and yeah. also dressed up pretty differently. But it's also like it's Lucy Hale. So when she's talking about like being bullied and being built like a, you know, whatever, while well, she was a teenager. And I'm like, your body doesn't change that much from being a teenager to an adult if you're a woman. Like it's really just pretty much the same unless you put on mass or lose mass depending on you know what your life is like so it's like your body though doesn't really change that much so when she's talking about being in high school and being bullied like that I'm like yeah I don't buy it like like the cycle she plays she plays the the psychological factor pretty well in how she turns out like she basically is like um she's the person that ends up going postal you know like that kind of type where like obviously she has a revenge fantasy so clearly there is something not that great I mean like okay sidetrack here because this is also one of our points um (laughs) yes we're all over the map if you can see our notes by the way um but this was one of Jamie's points if you want to bring that up you want to pose that question oh yeah so would you torture your bullies if you could and I'm going to ask like listeners too because yeah I was never, I was bullied, made fun of by certain kids, but never by like the whole class. And I, to be frank, like have never been like, oh, I'm going to torture them. But that's because it never got so bad. I had to wear bifocals from like third grade till about, I mean, it was like second grade through like beginning of fourth grade. And then I got contacts. So And I only wore those bifocals for like part of that time. My mom was like, clearly she doesn't need these. But anyways, I looked like Matilda growing up, but with like fish bowl glasses, like Coke bottle. Like Coke bottle glasses? Yeah. For about, you know, 2018 to 20 months. And then I got regular glasses because I clearly didn't need bifocals. I just had astigmatism, but they didn't know Mm. that. Anyways. And, you know, I did theater a lot. so. I would miss school to go to rehearsals or, uh, you know, I, this is going to sound so obnoxious. I was in, (laughs) so like, because I was the only person in, or the only, you know, girl in my grade and gifted, they would bus me to like the middle school once a week to do gifted until I went to a school that had all the grades until I moved to the private school. But anyways, there was always something for a bully to pick on, right? Like, I was like the first girl in my grade to really get like boobs. And yeah, so, same. yeah. So like, everyone's like, oh, you're just fat. And I'm like, I mean, I was a little chubby as a kid, as most people are, but like, I look back at pictures and I'm like, I was completely normal size. <laughs> but anyways, it's just, I've never, I still don't want to like torture them, but I know oh. people who've had horror stories where if they wanted to like, maybe not saw torture their, you know, their yeah. And maybe don't get doctor torture like, involved. Cause that's what that character's name is. is oh Dr. God. Torture. He, I know I watched this with subtitles on. Cause I have to like Same. ADHD. And as soon as his name popped up on screen, I was like, wow, we're getting deep with the writing y'all. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like even, even people I know who've had horrible experiences, are not like, let me concoct a whole fantasy where I tie her to a chair and scare her. But anyways, 
yeah not I don't like know. Ruin their whole lives or anything like yeah. with the uh, with me like I was pretty I'd say moderately to severely bullied when I was in elementary school and like I'm looking like I was called fat I wasn't called cool I was like that gullible kid too like people pleasing what's up and like to <laughs> I'm laughing now because I'm like I'm such a dumbass but I don't I, I am not mean to my young self, but like I fell for the cool kids trying to give me cool lessons when I was like in grade three. Oh, those aren't a thing. Those aren't a thing. And like, but like, you know, I looking back on it, like they were calling me fat. I'm looking at pictures and I wasn't. And then it I didn't it didn't click until I was an adult. I'm like, I'm I'm five foot seven. And so I grew tall fast. And I didn't just yes. grow tall fast, I grew wide fast, but I was never obese or anything like that but it was one of those things where it's like if you're told you're fat so many times you just keep going and then because of and then I eventually I did get fat but not in like a oh no I'm fat kind of thing just like a, there's no other word really for it and I'm not going to sugarcoat it I did um and I'm uh for the listeners I'm okay I'm all right with my body I am at peace with everything don't worry about it but um we're a body positive podcast for we all. are but just it's like gonna be I funny was... when people see us together because like so I'm a I'm so tall. five and a half and yeah I'm a smooth five inches shorter than Bob. <laughs> uh, okay, sorry. Continue. Yeah. Oh, that's all right. And I'm I'm by no means an Amazon either, so it's, it's like what am I? But uh... being exposed. <laughs> yes. Oh God, we're just voices. We're just voices. We're not people. Um. But, um, years later, like years and years and years later, um, one of the main like bullies, I guess, like the, uh, architect of my torture, she actually messaged me on like Facebook and like wrote this huge ass apology, which I was not ready to hear. And I don't know if I still am real talk. Um, mostly because <laughs> it took a lot of work for me to kind of just kind of move past it, you know, like to kind of accept myself. I did all of that work on my own and it was just more so like, I've already compartmentalized you. I'm not here to forgive you. Like it's not going to serve me in any way. And that's what I'm about right now in this situation. And good for you that you realized it. I'm going to stop your journey right there. Like, I don't wish her any ill. I don't wish her any ill. I don't want any revenge upon her, but I'm not going to make her life easier. So, yeah. And I think, I think too, like the reason this movie came off again, more like middling for me is that they really could have done something with the bully storyline. They really could have, except they kept ping-ponging it to the point where I was confused. I was, okay. I was incredibly confused at the end. I don't for real want to jump to the end yet, but here's where I got confused too. Well, A, there were so many, like I said, there were, when we did get the plot twists, there were like three back to back to back to back because there's three groups of, you know, people who- Yeah, you had like whiplash. And there's a lot of quippy one-liners in this movie. It's really good at quippy one-liners. And they're all and that's why I came across, <laughs> they're all Jimmy's, all of them. Um, or Lucy Hale's character when she does meet Patrick, the cop that wants to be a soldier. And yeah. he's like, what is he? I can't remember what he says. He says like something about like when does his fantasy begin? Because, you know, Maggie Q's character got hers like immediately. Quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And um, she's she's like, I can search and rescue or whatever she says. I don't even remember the exact like line she uses on him. And this is a good looking yeah. guy, but like 
I definitely didn't have that, like, let me be overtly hitting on him. Um, and then of course, like, and with Rourke, like we never knew if he was a villain or not, because they make him out to be a villain with a redemption arc. But again, this is like an hour and this is a hundred minute long movie. Like, yeah. huh? There's not enough time to like develop these characters to this point, especially with the action sequences they put in. Yeah, Rourke gives them this speech when they first, you know, all get into the grand opening of the hotel. Yes. And he says, all that I ask is that you follow your fantasy out to its logical conclusion. First of all, that's a boundaries discussion. Second mm-hmm. of all, that would not fly in any community I know of that does boundaries. Like, <laughs> you know, and I was just like, so there's no safe word. Like there's no, what are we doing here? So that was obviously red flag number one, but it felt like the entire first 40 minutes of this movie again was just one big red herring. It was. And I'm like, there was no room for any safe words in that speech either. It was just like, well, you just have to like conclude it to the end. And like, you know, it's one of those speeches where I'm like, okay, so how is every single one of these people going to fuck this up? Because if there's only one rule, you know, everyone's going to fuck up that one rule. Right. It very much felt like the horror trope of teenagers in a cabin in the woods, but instead of cabin in the woods, we got, you know, resort on an island. I don't know. I don't know. I, I I think the most, like, for instance, so we, we go straight from like that and then Maggie Q pretty much gets her fantasy right away, which good for her again. I don't understand it. If I had one fantasy, it would definitely be more like and maybe this is because I'm so work oriented but like (laughs) I was like oh I'd be winning my SAG award or whatever like or if it was a fantasy I would be like riding a unicorn or something like something truly fantastical I don't like something I know I can't achieve on my own ever or like there was no chance of me achieving it ever like because if she really wanted to she could probably reach out to this dude again or something you know what I mean right also and they wake side note she's so stunning oh she looks amazing but they show her the first like first of all she's just beautiful in general but the first scene of her she is in the smallest bikini top i have ever seen it is (laughs) yeah that was tiny it's like four square inches of fabric over each nip and i was like oh wow like i know she doesn't have huge boobs but let's that's she had more fabric on her boy shorts than she did oh my god way more fabric on her butt than she did her chest um which is fine like yeah it just it worked yeah I was just like whoa as soon as I you know as soon as she came on screen because I had not seen this movie until you wanted to cover it and I was like oh oh you know this will be fun and again like like you said it was whiplash like one minute this movie was this like fun colorful I thought it was going to be campy horror and I here was my you know, we'll get into this when we do closing thoughts, but like, I just don't feel like it ever got there, but it never got there on the serious side of things either. No, hence the middle of the road. It was fine, but she gets her fantasy right away, which we said was, um, which was to, uh, she really wanted a child. Who does she want the child with? Cause Mr. Work makes a point of saying like, yours is very abstract. You said you, you know, regret in your old friends, you have a regret. This, this is important. It comes into play later, which ends up making everything all the twists go whiplash but um 
because the fine line, y'all, you got to read the fine print. Got to read the fine print. So, you know, he'll. This is where you get to see how the fantasies, quote unquote, work. And you know, there's like a door. It opens up, and it's like a restaurant. And uh, she's like, "Oh, maestros or whatever the hell it was called." Like, yeah, oh, you recreated it down to every detail. So, like, um, this was very much like an establishing, like, "Oh, this is how like the fantasies kind of work," type thing. Because everybody else was just kind of thrown in without explanation. With her, we get a bit of an explanation, and that's when she like meets up with the fiance dude or the not fiance dude I guess and like all you get in that scene essentially is once she like falls into it and goes like whatever falls into her fantasy uh they just get engaged and she seems to roll with it uh until the next day where she has a child magically who is five years old and that child is creepy as fuck great child acting there oh 100 percent. but how anticlimactic right like yeah like we watched them get engaged and I, my first thought was like, so now what? Because when he's talking to her and he doesn't know that five years have passed. And so that's like our first hint that something's not kosher that like, you know, I'm like, okay, what's going on? Yeah. And then yeah, her, her, her daughter being already five years old. It would. Then she has like five years to memory. She doesn't have. Yeah. Like it would screw me up mentally to turn on my phone. Cause she wakes up and her phone has a background picture of like her and the fiance at their wedding or whatever. And then in the art, in the photo gallery, Rourke is like, Oh, why don't you take a look? And she's swiping through her phone and there's pictures of her raising this child. And I was like, but you miss out on all the raising part of the child that other people who want children look forward to. I don't know. It was like and you Again, can tell that was what was she was looking forward to as well. The most, yes. And I don't understand because she she just is so distraught over the fact that she finally has everything she wants. So while all of this is going on, mm-hmm. we're seeing basically Lucy Hale's character, whose name we've just completely blanked out. <laughs> uh, no, um, Melanie, Melody or Melanie? I know that Meredith wasn't her name because she gets called Meredith. She's like, not that. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's, think it's Melanie. Yeah. Because the bully keeps calling her the wrong name. You know what? This adds to the effect. We're not going to look it up. We're not going to look it up. We're just going to keep rolling, you guys. Yes. Uh, So Maggie Q gets her fantasy. Then we see Jimmy Yang's character and his brother getting their fantasy of them like partying in this insane mansion and it's you know a lighthearted moment like it's quippy because we just had this big emotional dramatic scene and then we realize that lucy hill's character is gonna torture this bully and here's where i really was like she has no damn clue because she says oh he looks she looks better than tupac because she thinks she's a hologram yeah I was like, ma'am, I'm sorry, but what hologram looks that good? Because this woman was strapped to a chair, drenched, you know, in sweat and water, makeup running down her face. And that's when we kind of get to the whole, like, you know, oh, I'm going to press this button and it's going to dump water on her because her character had gotten toilet water dumped on her in eighth grade. And then the this is where I really wanted to talk about if you would do this to your bully because releasing a sex tape when it's not with her husband and it like the button automatically uploads it to her Facebook, which 
I thought it was interesting that this was made in 2019 and came out last year. And they picked yeah, it's like 2020 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And they picked Facebook. I'm wondering if they couldn't get the rights to Instagram, although they're owned by the same people now, but now, but at the time, I don't think they were. I think that was like right before okay. Facebook bought Instagram, or maybe they're just going for like, I guess what married people, most like I guess people in her like community would look at. Yeah, I guess like most people who are familiar within the audience too. I don't know. I always get nitpicky with social media in movies and TV shows because it is my day job. So it's like. <laughs> oh, my favorite for that is like SVU because for the longest time they couldn't come up with, they couldn't get the rights for anything. So it's like face place and, uh, <laughs> or like, uh, what is it? I forgot what their, what their Uber was called, but it was called something else. Oh, I can't remember. And then they'll do things like, um, uh, oh, what was it? There was one that freaking cracked me up. Well, face place cracked me up, but they had one for four square for like, they used it for like two episodes. <laughs> Oh God. I need to go back and rewatch some of those. I had to take a break from SVU because it was getting a little too real too with the times in the last two seasons. And I was like, I don't need my, yeah, I don't really need my TV shows to reflect that. It's Um, okay. I just stare at, I stare at crazy the whole time. makes me feel better. Same. Uh, I think it's time for us to take a commercial break. Yeah. We'll uh, tune back in for our free thoughts. (laughs) so i definitely still want to get into like the nitty-gritty of some of the characters and stuff and the twists but overall and i feel like we just keep coming back to this (laughs) i wanted this movie to be better i just wanted it to be more detailed because same i didn't know who was real who was part of the simulation who was actually on the island or whatever because when they have her you know bully locked up in the gas chamber looking thing dr torture comes out and he almost my voice is gonna go out he almost uh cuts off her finger because melanie or mallory or whoever tells him to and she's so smart that he has like this power dremel out which I cringed so hard because I thought we were about to watch this young woman's fingers get cut off. He grabs her right hand, which is smart that she tells him to do that. And then Melanie dumps the water on him. So it electrocutes him. But how Mm -hmm. did it also electrocute the bully? You know, like because it it attached to his hand, just his hand. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. See, I'm not a scientist, but you know. Yeah, so it was sense. so the current was only going through him. So the water then hitting the current only affected him, not her. Oh, y'all I learn something new every day. Um <laughs> honestly, this movie kind of had ADHD itself, so I don't blame you for missing that detail. Right. So so after the bully stuff, when we get to Patrick and we realize that he has been captured by this military group because he wanted to play soldier so badly. And when we find out, I knew, I knew as soon as they showed that group that it was his dad, I was just like, they look alike. They're wearing old fatigues from the seventies slash like eighties, which apparently I guess he's supposed to be like later or mid thirties because he, his dad talks about going to Venezuela, which would have been 
I guess like earlier nineties, it wouldn't be, it would be a little bit after the Gulf war, I guess. But anyways, Patrick's like, you can't go to Venezuela tomorrow because that's where you die. And there's all these like heartwarming, you know, conversations they have in between them where he realizes this is his son. He's like, why do you have my name on your dog tags? Why do you have this picture of me and my son in your wallet? Blah, blah, blah. I didn't like that storyline at all. To me, it felt very uh, puritanical bootstraps, mentality, morality tale. Like it means more if you do it yourself kind of thing, you know? I also felt it was a little bit outdated Yeah. in terms of like a movie plot device. Like if this was a movie that came out in the 90s, like I'd say mid to late 90s, early aughts, I could see it being a thing because, you know, given that like this character's age and all that kind of stuff, like the wars that his dad would have been involved in, you really wouldn't have hero worshipped your dad that much. Like, I don't want to speak for anybody whose parents have served or anything like that, but it's almost like, we're way too educated about the world. Like we've been, you know, with the onslaught of social media and like 24 hour news networks and all these things that didn't really exist back, like way, way, way back. Like there's not as much hero worship unless you're a certain kind of person with a certain kind of haircut. <laughs> Racist haircut. <laughs> Racist haircut. I mean, and this is not me slandering at all on the military. I am not, you know, People that want to serve, whatever, that's great. Like, I'm not trying to stereotype anybody at all, but I'm thinking like, he wouldn't, you wouldn't hero worship that hard without having some kind of a critical eye or something else wrong with you. I just, his whole storyline really threw me for a loop until, I guess, until we find out at the end how they're all connected. Here's my whole thing. I loved the fantasy rock. That's what I called it. But the the big glowy rock they discover in the cave once they all escape their fantasies uh it was like a really messed up version of the mirror of a rice or a rizzed from harry potter i know i say that wrong but ira said ira said there we go it's um, a mirror of desire was, reverse she's not that smart no yeah it just it was so poorly executed and rushed in that cave scene because mm-hmm. i don't they could have done so much more with this like again they the really name could've. of the island <laughs> is Fantasy Island. Like, I feel like that commercial where he's like, oh, I got my yeah. Fantasy Nights mixed up. And he's, everybody else at the party is wearing uh, football jerseys. And the guy that comes to the door is dressed as a centaur. And <laughs> that's what I felt like. I was like, I got my Fantasy Islands mixed up. <laughs> no, but honestly, too, like when you, like, I forgot what their specific fantasies were, but I just remember them being so fucking basic. Y'all just need therapy if those are your fantasies. You just guys, you guys just need therapy. Hello. That's it. <laughs> I was like, you guys don't want to walk in space without the consequences of going to space. You don't like, want to attend like a Led Zeppelin concert in the 70s. I mean, me personally, I would go see Stevie Nicks and Prince oh, and yeah. everybody at their prime. I mean, Miss Stevie is still with us, thank God. But you don't want to go party uh, at Mama Cass's? Like no, <laughs> right? Like Huh? or like be there the first time they discovered I don't know I would love to be there the first time that these people saw a hot air balloon like yes all those TikToks that are like this is what I would show Victorian child when I got out of the time machine and it's like clips from crazy pop culture moments that's what I would do with my fantasy but y'all do you I don't get it because yeah I know they were again they were 
they were trying to make this movie like relatable and I was like but it's a horror movie it doesn't have to be relatable no but I'm also like I think the fantasy that disappointed me the most was probably the party fantasy <laughs> the two brothers yeah to be honest. Right? that was the one that like not that it wasn't relatable because I mean who doesn't want to go to at least one kick-ass party in their life unless you're someone that doesn't like to party but I mean like who doesn't want something like of that ilk not necessarily that genre but like that kind of a thing but um like you know living in a rich person's house like making yourself putting yourself into like a wealthy person's shoes essentially uh whatever your genre of that is but um lame lame all of these are like lame they're all pigeonholed they're all like people that are probably obsessed about one thought which you find out later one person definitely is it's true yeah right like you let the one thought kind of consume you and there's like a line that like so there's a person in the woods that's trying to get them out this was the part i think you were trying to say like it was getting kind of confusing as to who was real who's a simulation and yes. i forget his name even though he's a constant like james gunn collaborator he plays Yondu yeah. in Gal- Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy. He was in The Walking Dead. Merle in The Walking Dead, but I can't remember his name. But I don't know anyway, his name in this movie. I think his last name actually is Rourke. Um, but it, <laughs> we're really bad today, guys. Leave us alone, all right? You guys have Wikipedia. Look it up. But uh, Google is free. Google is free. But like, you know, he even comes in and he's just like, you know, you really chose this fantasy. Like you're letting, like your fantasy was to get revenge on your bully. Like you need to let some shit go. You need to get some therapy. Like the gist of what he was saying to her. And I'm like, that's it. Like, come on. You don't even want to bring a dead person back. Like, what do you want? Okay. Because all I could think of was the cave scene in Aladdin, the 1990s Aladdin. When he's like, listing off the roles he's like rule number one I can't make anybody fall in love and rule number two and he's like whatever he said uh there are only one only three wishes and then when he says you know rule number three I can't bring anybody bring back anybody from the, back dead, from the dead and he's um zombie <laughs> yeah god yeah. that explains the fact that that scene in particular is my was my favorite growing up and kind of still is like says so much about me uh that's what at that moment yes Bob I just pulled out a jasmine doll <laughs> I have a prop for every episode, guys. If you haven't noticed by now, that can <laughs> be on your bloody broads bingo. Yeah, this is literally like an episode of Whose Line. You just like pulled that out of the ether. You were like, um, um, Jamie Inkwich, oh Jamie actually gifted me this. Oh, well, it's perfect. I do love Jasmine. Sorry, guys. But that was a quirk. <laughs> it's fine. It, the, the chaos that happens in the cave once they all get back in the cave. Here's where mm-hmm. I was confused because, because in the brother's fantasy, their house winds up being owned by an old drug pen, drug kingpin. And so it gets attacked and Rourke tells them like, oh, it used to be owned by Mr. So-and-so who was a drug kingpin. And now his men want their money and their dope back. First of all, <laughs> what? Why is yeah. this part of your fantasy? Why is it part of my fantasy if my fantasy was to ha- like have it all? That's what they say is that we wanted to have it all for the weekend or whatever. Huh? Like, this is why I was saying it yeah. felt like a morality tale because he's it like, did, because then it's like then having it all. Yeah. Yes. He's like, sometimes having it all costs it all or whatever he says. And I'm or like, like, you think you think it was going to come to you without a cost type thing? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, what kind of monkey's paw bullshit nonsense? Like it felt like the Stephen King story with the with the brass monkey oh yes 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 um oh yeah 
Yeah, yeah. Or like that other one with the um the devil technically in it. I think that was a short story he did yeah. with Joe. But where they, you know, he gives like the cancer to somebody else type thing. Yeah. It's like and you that's gotta that's- live with the consequences. Yeah. That's what this whole movie felt like. And so again, we get this really cool sci-fi twist in the cave where like they're meeting their shadow selves. Yeah. And I'm like, is this like the nega round? Right. I was like, what is going on? So then we see why Maggie Q's character said no to the original marriage proposal, which is her upstairs neighbor burned up in a fire and she couldn't save him. And she's felt guilty for her whole life. Which I understand that would probably screw me up too for the rest of my life. I get that. Yeah. But then we see her asking a police officer for help. The police officer turns out to be Patrick. That's why he said he wished he could save somebody's life. Which she only makes me dislike him even more than just for his soldier right? fantasy because I'm just like, it's not even the A cab part of it. It's more like the you fucking dink. You could have saved someone's life. Yes. And I'm just like, yeah, now I hate him even more. Thanks, I guess. Yeah. And, you know, then we find out that Nick, the guy that burned up in the apartment, was roommates with the two brothers. And then we find out that he was supposed to be out on a date that night with Melanie, with Lucy Hale's character. And that's how they're all interconnected. And that's why they're all on this island together. Because twist, this, it's not individual fantasies. It's just Lucy Hale's fantasy. Yeah. Because, okay, this is what I want wanted you to explain. Because I felt okay. I was like. All right. I was like, what? What is happening in this cave right now? Okay. So she kind of got a twofer. Because she right. wanted she wanted everyone responsible for Nick's death to be brought to account. So um, obviously Maggie Q, because she lived downstairs and she caused the fire. So right. one. And then two, uh, the two brothers were roommates with him. And like Jimmy Yang's character thought he was out because he was supposed to be on a date, which we turn out, which turns out it's with Lucy Hale's character. So right. he didn't go because brother, um, not Mr. Peanut Butter brother, wanted to like check in on him. Not, and not Mr. Peanut Butter. <laughs> Jade. I told you, he, he sounds like Paul just... F. Tompkins. He does. And he, he, but he doesn't like look a like a retriever. Oh, kind of does. Oh, he does look good. like, yeah. Bojack Horseman. Oh, watch Bojack um, Horseman, you guys. <laughs> please do. Please do, but prepare to cry and feel like shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't uh, listen. Take it from experience. Watch it very, very, very clean and sober. <laughs> and watch it very slowly. Like, don't let Netflix yeah. ask you if you're still watching. <laughs> Just cut that off before that. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Anyway, but like he he wanted to check in on Nick, but then it was Jimmy Yang's character that said like, no, he's on a date with somebody. Forget about it. Let's get out of here. The building's on fire. And then Patrick was the cop who said no. Like Maggie Q's character went out and said like, hey, there's still someone in there. We got to help him, blah, blah, blah. He didn't go up and help. He just kind of was like, let's wait for the fire department, blah, 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 which I mean, his character was kind of alluding to it the entire time because every time he talks about his father's sacrifice, he's like, you did something I could never do. We're like, we know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We've heard it the whole movie, buddy. The only thing is her justification for Sloan, who's played, that's the lady, the the bully. Sloan, she's played by, that's who it is. Yeah. Yeah. She's played by Portia Doubleday, who was amazing in Mr. Robot. Also a great show and also a show you should oh, watch. Yeah. yeah, she was um, Angela. Yeah. 
you uh the flimsy part there was like okay fine you know the hatred that she like has for sloan like the reason why she felt worthless all of her life and she felt like the only person she can connect with was nick like that made her feel comfortable in her own skin type thing like the only reason she felt like that was because sloan made her feel that way so in a really convoluted way she wouldn't have needed nick like i feel like this was the read between the lines type justification but like because she doesn't explicitly yeah. say it, but she goes, it's your fault. She goes to her like that. I felt that way. So. Well, and I understood everyone else's except for the two brothers. So that's why I was like. Yeah. Okay, the two brothers. And like, yeah, Jimmy actually said it. Like he, his character, actually, his name is Brax. I think the character's name, he was like, yes, that's um, what it is. Yes. He was like, oh, JD wanted to check on him, but he was supposed to be on a date. So I said, never mind. Let's get out of here. Oh, I missed that completely. I probably didn't like I the, I can literally watch a movie and have subtitles on <laughs> and I promise you I would have still missed that. I Because yeah, yeah, because later she also goes like later in that like monologue, she also goes like I waited 1 hour, I waited 2 hours, blah blah blah, so you knew he was running late. Yeah. But well, who knows? My my little pet theory is like maybe he was planning on standing her up. Yeah, cuz he was still home. Like when he mm-hmm. was supposed to already be at the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he was planning on standing her up too. But throughout the whole movie, we've seen this like kind of gross, ghosty looking thing that like appears and disappears. And when it's revealed that it's actually Nick, Nick. all burned up, you know, the neighbor all burned up. I was like, oh, okay, okay. And then... Yeah, it was just a lot all at once. And I and then they revealed that like how it worked with Rourke's wife being able to be there because she did the movie thing of coughing into a napkin and pulling away and it being blood, which huge eye roll. Again, if you're going to be campy, be campy, buy into it. If you're going to be serious and do that emotional strength kind of stuff, do it. We can't always do both. We are not scream like that. Yeah. I only laugh and we're taking a little film detour here. I only laugh because like in Western movies and by Western, I don't mean like pew, pew, pew. I mean like English movies, no, like, English language movies yeah. made not in, in Asia. Um, you know, coughing blood into a napkin is usually like a sign of cancer and has been for years. However, if you watch older Indian movies, like even up until the 90s, somebody coughing blood into a napkin means TB. Oh, I thought that's what they were insinuating was like some kind of respiratory thing. They I did, but like he said, he said cancer later, but it like automatically like my head went TB because of all of my film references or like yeah. the dramatic like lady coughing into like a, uh, we call it a rumal, but like a handkerchief, you know, going yeah. like, and if there's blood and like you find out later it's TB because, you know, culturally TB was still a rampant thing in like the seventies and eighties over there. So it's like, sorry, that was my little side, like, you know. You find no, out. No, I mean, I. He says like she got sick, or and the the assumption is like lung cancer or something. Yeah, I mean that's why I was confused too because I was like, oh, she's hacking up blood. Like, you know, I have a close family member with terminal with terminal cancer, and so I was like, mm, mm-hmm. I don't think she has. Like, I I was like, this is not lining it's, up. It's it's the really really like, lazy film thing. Yeah, I just there were so many parts of this movie where I felt like it could have been better but again it's not awful like well I put would I put this on in like a room full of people if like we we're like oh let's put on something that we can kind of you know eat popcorn and talk through yes would I put it on if I was like I'm gonna show you 
a horror film that it's going to be a wild <laughs> ass time and it's going to be fun. No. Again, we find all this out in a span of like five minutes, if that, after we've spent the first hour and 30, like going through these fantasies with these characters and hoping they survive. And then we get the big reveal of how they're all connected and like that the ghost was Nick, which was also sloppy. Why were, we never explained the black blood stuff that kept coming out of people as they got killed in the fantasies. Like, I don't think that got explained, but I just assumed it was because they were the simulation or like they weren't just to differentiate them that they weren't real. Like, as I think, because you also yeah. see like the water or that dark water, dirty water, whatever that like tar kind of dripping mm. when Maggie Q enters the restaurant. So, and you also see it mm. when Lucy Hale's going down the elevator. Because um, she says, you know, what's all that Maggie stuff. Q's character is like, what's that? And I think that's the sludge or like the spring water or whatever from the cave. Like, I think that's part of what I makes fantasies a thing. Um, I've only seen this movie twice. I am by no means an expert. I've just saw it once when it came out because this movie was stacked. Like the talent in this movie is stacked. Uh, yeah. And I was just like, oh, Blumhouse. Because, you know, that was, I was still all Blumhouse. And <laughs> there are still some good things. There are still some good things. There are, yeah, more discerning. no. Yeah. Hey, if I see Blumhouse come up in a product, like you know, at the start of a movie, and I didn't know it was previously produ- produced by them, I'm like, all right, I'm in for a decent ride. Yeah. I know. I all I can think of is how we said in um our episode with Shrey that now that um Tyler Perry and Jason Blum are teaming up, there's going to be like Medea hidden somewhere in the opening credits. Um, <laughs> it's fine. But then we get Rourke saying the fantasy must reach, must reach its natural conclusion again, which he said it three different times at this point. A, that's such a weird phrase. Like, what? And B, it's been, so this is like one of my guilty pleasure movies, but it felt <laughs> like he was saying, I'm Devin Bowman from The Master of Disguise with Dana Carvey. Um, which has- Hey, you're turtly enough to be in the turtle club, by the way. <laughs> all I've ever wanted thank you so much you're welcome Uh, it it definitely has its you know problems as a comedy film but it's a fun little trip down childhood memory lane but that's all I could think of because he's in this white suit and he like turns and he's like the fantasy must reach its final conclusion and I, I was like why is this so telenovela like what are we doing um, for the again, for the bingo, I'm not grabbing it, but I do have a Wayne's World, Wayne and Garth Funko. I'm not going to grab. Of course you do. For the bingo. Of, oh my god! <laughs> like ooh, like you know, you were expecting like I don't know, dramatic like lightning and thunder and thunder. Like, yeah, it felt like Indiana Jones for a second. I was like, what is going on? Because they're in a cave and there's a big rock and whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then we get the ending of the movie, which is T Rash trash it's awful (laughs) um we get these really cheesy photos of everyone with their dead loved ones and I was like what in the shining ballroom photo is this nonsense I thought it was the I'm genuinely confused as to why he's like we all blew up in this cave but we're all somehow still alive Another moment, yeah. I even wrote it in our notes. I was like, what is going on? I needed like a translator. I was like, what? I feel <laughs> stupid. I feel like I missed something. 
Well, okay. So JD died before all of that stuff. Okay. So this is what happened. So JD died. That's uh, Mr. Peanut Butter. He died because he yes. died along the way. So he's dead. Yeah. Um, that would leave Lucy Hale, uh, Sloan, Maggie Q, and Jimmy Yang. That leads them. Yeah. And so one point, because they, because the whole thing is that like there was a grenade that they had for reasons. It was like they kept focusing on this grenade, right? You don't need to know why. It's just it was there. In the, they had a grenade. It was and in the there panic was a reason. Room. Yeah. Yes, it was in the panic yeah. room. But there's a reason. Like they manufactured this like grenade into something important. So they have it there. Yeah. Uh, it's not necessarily a day of sex machina. Um, and so, <laughs> so they have great movie. Great, great movie. <laughs> chaos anyway so uh you have all of them there left right and yeah so you get julia which is the wife kind of begging work to help because she's like the guests are gonna die blah 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 like help them out whatever so like which is gonna make remind her die right yeah which is gonna make her die because the whole thing was that she was gonna be there forever with him like she just recycles like she gets sick like she lives out her life and then comes back because he's on the island a man's ass if he brought me back from the dead just to keep make me keep getting cancer yeah what? like she doesn't remember but like he does so even maggie q's character yeah. is like this is not love this is hell let her go yeah um, literal hell. so i forget what he does but then they're reminded that everybody on the island gets a fantasy like that's the other rule was like everybody gets one and so since sloan is a real person and not a simulation she didn't right. get a fantasy so she goes like, if you drink the water, you'll get a fantasy. So um, Lucy Hale's character, she was like, what? So she could be with her husband forever. And she's just like, haha, bitch, you thought. And like takes a shot of the thing. And then they're supposed to blow up the rock. So uh, they throw the grenade, but Patrick stays behind. That's right. Soldier boy. And then so he kind of falls in his grenade and does the thing that we all knew he was going to do because he brought up so many times that he couldn't do it. You know, he gets to be just like his daddy, die on an unknown island somewhere and blows and like so it'll it all explodes so they live because then that that fantasy was brought to its natural conclusion but they were still alive right because sloan kind of protected them in her fantasy fantasy. yeah well because the only thing that really confused me about all that was the way that lucy hale's character like jumped into the pool of water because it turns out she's the villain yeah and that like you know, it's my, this was all her revenge fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. So again, when I say I'm confused, I was mostly confused (laughs) about like the last like 15 seconds of that scene. And also like the character's motivations in general, it was just, you know, people complaining about the new, the new scream, having characters that we don't get to be like fond of because we don't spend enough time getting to know them. I couldn't disagree more, but whatever. Yeah. That was Uh, my problem with scream four, to be honest. Yeah. I liked Scream I mean, 4. I did, but I just wish we had more time with half of these characters. Yeah. Um, it just, it was frustrating because I was like, I wanted, again, I wanted to like this movie. I really did. I was like, it's a remake of a 70s show and it's got these like really funny, quippy one-liners and also this idea of like mysticism and mythology, which I love. And then it was just, I don't know. It was like trying to make a soup out of too many different ingredients that didn't go together, I guess. <laughs> no soup for you. Yeah. To bring back your point about like what in the shining ballroom photo is this? I genuinely expected 
for like because when they all snap back like he has like a photo of them when they came onto the island and he like puts it up yeah. as like you know it's almost like uh control group number 73 or something <laughs> like and put that back up yeah and uh he puts that up there and stuff and i half expected moonlight the stars and you to start playing. <laughs> to start playing <laughs> <laughs> i I mean, I love that we did old and then this back to back because yeah. there's obvious reasons, right? Like they're yes, both this on was an our island. Scene. They, yeah, like they both involve, you know, basically a gambit a little bit on the people's part. Yeah. Even though the people in old were not willingly, <laughs> you know, doing that. They there was some non-con going on there. <laughs> oh, Jesus. They both involve a magic potion of sorts. Like- I mean, definitely they both have overlaps and they both honestly kind of confuse the shit out of me at parts. So it's fine. (laughs) Honestly. And here's another, and here's another thing both episodes could have used. Both episodes could have used Olivia Benson and crew being called in because there was some non-consensual shit going on. Dun, dun. A hundred percent, especially heinous. Like I was just continually like, what is going on? Why is no one asking for like, releases that you have to sign if you go stay at a resort like that kind of stuff I mean it was crazy well it was the same kind of dupe they kind of won they they the other people were targeted so they got like either a cheap stay or they want it that's when they all want it like they all won some kind of a sweepstake or something and they were brought in and that's why like there's at one point Lucy Hale's character is like I hope you paid full price or something yeah because she's like she's like oh this is the oldest marketing trick in the book all that they ask for in return is for us to leave positive reviews blah 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 again I thought we were gonna find out she was some kind of influencer that secretly her fantasy was to be anonymous or something to me that would have been more interesting I mean closing thoughts like I'm kind of like I feel like we've already said this four or five different times but I mean, yeah, I I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I felt like this level of film was 90s. If you really want to like, if if this movie was going to be a quote unquote good movie or like a quote unquote, like not groundbreaking, but like have a little bit more of a positive or shocking reaction, it could have been released in the 90s. And then it would be like, oh my God, look at this movie. Nothing like it, blah, blah, blah. And I mean, there's still not anything really like it right now, but I felt like it just didn't pick a lane and it tried to go through the middle too much. Like it drove like right in the center line instead of staying in a lane. Cause if it had gone full camp, all about it. If they had gone like full serious business, all about it. But they like went in this middle ground where there were some moments where I was genuinely like, uh, scared or not scared, but like, uh, okay, this is like some kind of body horror. And then like, but there were also genuine moments where I was cackling, but most of it I was spent going like, okay, okay. I get your motivations here, but all right. Okay, cool. Like I'm scrolling my phone. I was playing, guys, I was playing Candy Crush. Oh Oh my God, same. (laughs) I, I made myself like stop after the first couple of minutes. Cause I was like, you've never seen this, put the phone down. Um, but yeah, it just, yeah. So essentially TLDR, TLDW, um, it was okay. 
it was all right it's a good it's, it's a good movie to have on if you're like like jamie said like if you're okay with talking over a film or you just want to chill and hang out and have something on in the background like you're you're cleaning you're doing other things like you just want something on with like to have voices on then occasionally clue in you're fine like this is this is fine um think of it like the the yule log channel at christmas but for horror fans <laughs> or something well shutter has uh shutter has the ghoul log which oh, is there like you a, go. Yeah, it's like a jack-o'-lantern that they have. Um, I may or may not put it on year-round sometimes. Really? Uh, yeah, I just, like you said, this movie was stacked with talent, and then it just yeah. came out so flat in parts. And I don't know if it was because, like, maybe the script went through changes. I didn't really do my research on that, on the production aspect of it. But mm-hmm. there was just so many storylines. I, I joked about old being lost you know, the sci-fi episode <laughs> or something, but like this was 100% like if Lost did a horror episode. And I also was never at any point scared. The Halloween which again, episode is not, of Lost. <laughs> right. Like, and again, being frightened or scared is not necessarily the measure of a horror film, but I want to feel mm-hmm. like, I always feel some sense of dread in a horror film, whether that's, oh my God, I know what's going to happen or, oh my God, I don't know what's going to happen. There there was no moment where I didn't kind of sort of predict what was going on. Um, For me, it was more the body horror aspect of the torture scenes. That was about it. That really got me going like, and it was more so because I'm like, that hurts or like that sucks. And we only got two of those scenes. Like they were pretty short and nothing actually came off of her like no and then there was like the scene where um fun fact kim coates played the 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 russian like i don't know mercenary dude that wanted the dope and money back by the way if you didn't recognize him that's kim coates i didn't okay well his accent was so ridiculous but that was kim coates so he threatens to cut off mr peanut butter sorry now you're gonna imagine a dog but jd's hand and like you don't even see anything like I was like, where's the horror aspect in this? Like, and then like he stops and I'm like, cause it's all off camera type thing. Like it's all like, they're focusing on the torso and yeah. up, but he's, you know, he's got the machete or whatever on the arm. And like, you don't really notice anything. And I'm just like, okay, but this took me out because I'm like, it's not like, it's not like it's on NBC or some shit where like you have to, no. or like ABC where you have to like, you know, remove the, like not focus on it and have everything happen off camera. This is a rated, I don't know, at least PG-14 um yeah. or well in america it's pg-13 but yeah actually i think it might have been i think it might no sorry it's it's pg-13 here too but we have 14a which means you have to be 14 oh. or accompanied by an adult interesting i mean i knew that yeah. there was a little difference but yeah it's pg-13 yeah. you can attend with that apparent but there we go yeah. yeah well and again like we don't see anything actually happen which i was like fine with because you know how i feel about losing limbs Um, but there's not even like a blood spurt and he only cuts him a little bit, but he saws back and forth for a couple seconds and then he stops and And you don't see it though. No, but the point is that you don't see it, which like, if you had just, that scene would have been more powerful to me. Had I seen some like hacking and slashing going on. And I think it's because this was a Blumhouse movie that I expected to see some of that. And so the fact that I didn't, I was like, eh, like mm. when you see Blumhouse, like it's fine. Like I expect like Lay One L style gore, yeah. James Wan style gore. Like 
not all the time. They know when to use it. I've never like, except for the Saw movies, I've never been like, so like, eh, misused gore. I can't. Like, I, I know that he's a genius, but I cannot do them past the first one. I can, I barely got through the first one as an adult. Um, that's a whole other discussion. But yeah, the first I just, one, I the thing the that got me was more the dirty atmosphere than the actual cutting yes. and thing. I could deal the with the cutting time. if it was, if I wasn't thinking immediately about how infected that stuff would be. That's all I could think of as the daughter of someone in the medical field. That's all I could think of. I was like, this is disgusting. I want out. But yeah, Fantasy Island, we're giving it like a middle, like not thumbs up or down, but like thumbs in the middle. Definitely a popcorn flick. Definitely like, again, acted very well, edited very well, lit very well, beautiful gowns, beautiful dresses. Just <laughs> get lit. Wise. Watch it. Yeah. Story-wise was a meh. Uh, but that I think uh, wraps up this episode for us, you guys. Uh, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. Try to uh, tell a friend to tell a friend. Uh, yeah, you can find us on all social media as at Bloody Broads Pod. We are also at Bloody Broads Pod at gmail.com. I almost said at at the wrong place. Uh, if you want to send us thoughts, feelings, uh, nice words only. And if you didn't like this episode, you can put it in a five-star review and tell us why. Yes. I hope you guys have a great week. And until next time, bye. Bye. bye.